there are those moments of awe on the road, many moments, the beautiful views, inspiring moments, the connecting with like-minded people, you know, things like that. But it doesn't come without like the challenges, which I think that part of it is often left out and has often been left out of the narrative, especially for people who don't fit that mold, you know, that's pretty common in the van life media, you know, that it's all wildflowers and sunshine. Welcome to the Social Complex Podcast, where we are diving into the complex impact and influence of social media on brands, brains, and the bigger picture of our modern world. Here's your host, Hillary Applegate. Welcome back to another episode of the Social Complex Podcast. On social media, there are so many subcultures and niche groups. That's the beauty of it. We all have a space where we can find others that share similar interests, values, and stories. One of those groups that has always fascinated me is one that paints a picture of the dream, van lifers. And today I am honored to be joined by Naomi Gravenberg. Naomi Gravenberg is a van life OG, avid outdoorist, digital nomad, and dog mom, living on the road in her classic Volkswagen Vanagon since 2016. She's the founder of Diversify Van Life, a community organization built around promoting diversity in the van life community, and is also the author of the upcoming book, Living the Van Life. In this episode, Naomi and I discuss the decision to take life to the road, her transformation from a marine biologist to a content creator, and how social media has supported community building for other road warriors like herself. We talk about how the van life community has evolved since pre-2020 with an influx of remote workers hitting the road and how diversity on the road has shifted over the last few years. We speak about how road life is portrayed online versus the reality, examining how social media is great for promoting various ways to live your life, but sometimes can be a highlight reel rather than a realistic data point. Naomi brings a fresh perspective to the community of van life and her community within Diversify Van Life that she is building. Let's get into it. I have had cats my whole life, but as I'm getting older, I feel like I'm getting allergic to them, which is like, I it know. happens. I've, I've heard it happens. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Though? It's I don't wild. Get it. I don't <laughs> Allergies get it. are weird. <laughs> Allergies are so weird. And I've heard they the are. same thing too. Like when people get pregnant, they like mm-hmm. weren't allergic to something. And now all of a sudden they like have an aversion to it. Have you heard oh, that before? So. I have actually, I have, I actually um, had an allergy show up in my life, like in my teens, like shellfish. I grew up eating it. I grew up on the coast. I grew up in a fishing community and I grew up on shellfish. And around 16 years old, I couldn't, I got a fatal allergy against um, shellfish. And then um, now I don't. Yeah. That is so wild. (laughs) The human body is insane to me. It really is. It's limitless. (laughs) It is limitless. How weird it is to exist at all. (laughs) I know we're all just on this floating rock right now. It's kind of, (laughs) here we are. (laughs) Don't get me started. This is going to be your podcast episode. (laughs) I love, I love where we're heading already. Naomi, (laughs) where are you in the world on this floating rock as we speak at this moment? On this floating rock right now, I am at Baja, Mexico. I've been in Mexico for a while. And right now I am traveling back to the United States after almost five months being in Mexico. How has Mexico been treating you? 
Ah, uh, Mexico is just lovely. The people are lovely. The food is lovely. I've been immersing myself in Spanish, so I'm really proud of myself. Spanish has gotten really good. And yeah, just um, a lot of rest and a lot of um, just caring for myself. That, that's been my winter. You know, winters are hard on me with the cold. So I decided, you know what, I'm not going to do it this year. That's why I live this life, you know? Yeah. Let's talk about the life that you live because it is mm-hmm. one that is absolutely fascinating to to me and to many online. How did you end up taking your life to the road? What was your what was your journey to that point in 2016? Oh man, yeah, that was such a pivotal moment in my life. Um the decision to you know, cut the cord from, you know, the conventional way of living. I um, I was actually a biologist um, working in uh, the Gulf Coast, uh, living in New Orleans at the time. And, you know, I love New Orleans. I loved my life. It was great. But I, you know, working in the field of science, you know, there was just so many barriers for me to have to overcome just to elevate in my field, you know, and I'm talking about this is like I was a field scientist in the deep south, a field dominated by men and um, white men, actually. And it was really difficult for me to find my place in it, really, even though I love being in the outdoors. I love the swamps and marshes of the Gulf Coast. And, um, you know, I kind of just fell into deep anxiety and depression. And um, I didn't want to continue living And one day my partner came and found me on the couch uh, mid panic attack. Um, And he didn't really know what what I was going through at the time. I was like in like silently suffering. And that day, you know, was the day when I decided, okay, I can't continue like this. I have to reevaluate my life's trajectory or I will not continue like this. You know, I kind of thought about it and decided, hey, you know, like when Dustin and I met, that's my partner, when we met, we talked about, I mean, this is the day we met, we talked about my dream of traveling the country in a van and visiting all the national parks. And I honestly didn't really know anyone that did this before. All I knew is that, hey, I saw, you know, the hippie vans from the 60s and people just traveling around in the country. And the idea of road tripping the country was just so like awe-inspiring to me. Um, it, it always felt like a far-fetched dream. You know, imagining myself, hey, this black identifying queer woman on the road in a van, you know, I was like, I never really thought I would do it. But at that time, it just felt like the right thing to do for me because there was really no other option. I just didn't know what was going to happen. So my partner and I decided to dig up that old dream and get a van and hit the road. And from the moment we decided, which was serendipitous, by the way, and I, I'm, I'm going to tell that story because it's one of my favorite stories to tell people about how Dustin and I decided we were going to actually dig up this old dream. We were both kind of in similar places with our careers. You know, I mine wasn't working out and he was actually like thinking about his career path. Like, is this all that there is, you know? Yeah. And we were actually, you know, at that time thinking about, okay, I guess we were following this roadmap. We're gonna get the house, have the kid, you know, and this is our life. Um, not that anything is wrong with that, but deep down inside, it just didn't feel right for either of us. So we, um, he went to work one day and I decided, okay, I got home from work. I'm gonna cook some dinner and wait for him and just, um, you know, share this idea with him about digging up this old dream. So he got home and I'm in the kitchen feeling nervous and he walks in and I'm like, hey, I got something to tell you. And he said, well, actually, I got something I want to ask you. 
And after like a little back and forth of who should go first, I decided <laughs> to go first. Um, I said, remember uh, when we first met, we talked about traveling the country in a van and visiting all the national parks. And he had this little grin growing on his face and he's looking at me and I'm standing there like, um, do you want to do that? And he was like, <laughs> actually, that's exactly what I was going to ask you. And it was just such Aww. a serendipitous moment for us. Like I was in tears. We were just laughing and hugging and just so excited about it. And in that moment, we decided we're going to give ourselves three months to get the van and hit the road because we knew that we would try to talk ourselves out of it. So we dove head in and three months later, we were on the road in our van. There were a lot of people who tried to talk us out of that dream of hitting the road. We lost a lot of friends in the process because they just couldn't get behind it. They thought that we were ruining our lives. And, you know, I guess, you know, in hindsight, we did kind of burn the life that we had down and just cleansed ourselves with a whole new life. And um, it was the best decision that we ever made. I love that so much. And that is so powerful that you both were in that same position. Yeah, I love that. Nice. That is such <laughs> a great story. And y you are right when you say that you burned it to the ground of the vision that other people had for you and the other expectations that were put on you that very well may have been contributing to that feeling of unease. Like I am so misaligned with what I'm doing in my life right mm -hmm. now. And it's not, it's not the thing. Yeah. It wasn't my roadmap. I mean, there are many ways to live a, a happy life, right? And there are many ways to get there. You know, I kind of like to see life as this grid, you know, like like we're at intersections all the time and we get to make a left or right, you know, mm -hmm. but it doesn't matter where you turn because you can always go back, right? But we didn't want to go back. We wanted to keep going. <laughs> yeah, I love the van life metaphor right there with the roadmap. <laughs> right? <laughs> It all Intended. works out on the floating rock, Naomi. It all works <laughs> it out. All works out. <laughs> that is so it. awesome. So when you had set that time frame for yourselves and you said three months, that's what we're going to give ourselves. Did you also have a time frame in mind of saying this is how long we want to try it for? Or was that open ended? Oh, no. Yeah, we said we were going to do this for one year, a one year road trip from New Orleans to Alaska, then back to our regularly scheduled lives. Um, <laughs> and I always wanted to go to Alaska ever since I was a little girl. I had these dreams of Alaska and big mountain ranges and fly fishing and beautiful rivers and glaciers, you know, and the yeah. Aurora. So, yeah, I remember like watching, um, you know, National Geographic documentaries on my parents' little black and white TV with the bunny ears and seeing Alaska on there. And it was just always this big old dream for me that one day I'm going to go do that. Um, and this was the trip, that one year road trip. <laughs> I love it. Naomi, how old were you when you set out on this adventure? Oh, man. So it was seven years ago. I'm 40 now. Do the math. <laughs> Do the math. I'm curious though, because I, the reason I ask is I feel like there's almost this pivotal time when someone, you know, you, you go through the traditional course of life and you are a kid with all these dreams and then you enter into, you know, corporate America or your job, the nine to five or whatever your, you know, routine is. And then it's almost, I'm, I'm 30 now. And I feel mm -hmm. like I see it so much at this point in my life where I'm like yeah. seeing people that have been 
going down this road for so long that they're like, well, I, there's nothing more. I, I can't change now. I can't give up on mm-hmm. this now. I'm so far in. And so mm-hmm. that's why I ask, I usually don't ask people their age, but I just yeah. feel like this like 20, 28 to like 32 seems mm-hmm. to be such a pivotal moment for people that are feeling really misaligned with themselves. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was 33 at the time. I mean, it came at me like a ton of bricks, to be honest with you. I mean, I'm sure it was building up for a while. I mean, after leaving college and entering uh, the corporate world, I just never felt like I fit. And at that time, you know, I was like a little bit naive, I would say, you know, I just always thought that, hey, you know, the American dream, you know, I'm an immigrant. And, you know, I came to America for a better life. And I, I bought into this American dream only to realize, hey, this dream wasn't meant for me. And Yeah. And I think that you're so right. Like a lot of people like get stuck there, you know, they're stuck at the intersection because it's like, okay, well, I went to college. I did all this, you know, I made all these sacrifices. Well, actually you made sacrifices to live in your joy, to live your life. You can always change. It's never too late. Since living on the road, I've recreated myself more times than I can count. I constantly do it right now. I'm going through a major transformation a beautiful one. And as challenging as it is, you know, I am so joyful that I have the ability, the courage and the power to take control of my life in that way. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I I think that that's, that shines through with all of your ventures, all the things that you have going on. I mean, I'm so excited to get into it on the rest of the podcast. I I know a few things, so I'm not going to spill the bag on those too quickly. But with the recreation of your yourself, your identity and continuing to evolve and grow and, you know, get to know yourself more, it is awesome. And, you know, there's something to be said about the fact that you've done that too with another person who is likely also going through their own transformations and their own journey. How has that been being on the road with a partner going through such an immersive experience? Oh, man. Well, that comes with its own challenges. You know, I mean, van life, you're completely vulnerable, sharing space with, uh, you know, just cohabiting with someone else. You really, really get to know each other. And also it, it teaches you so much about yourself because everything is just out in the open. You know, you you get to see how patient you are, or how patient you can be. And you also get to learn what you really don't want in a partner and also what you don't like about yourself that you want to change. And I think for both of us, that's one of the biggest challenges and just learning to to be more communicative. Like I always thought that I was a communicative person until van life and then living in this space with uh, my partner. It's like, okay, over communicate. That's the goal here. (laughs) And also just learning how to care for ourselves in the process and and being able to set boundaries on that. It's like, okay, today I need a self-care day. Like I would like to have the van to myself so that I can rest. Um, And also recognizing in each other that, hey, you know, maybe you're tired, maybe you need a day in the van and maybe you need to have rest and just learning to care for each other that way. But also, most importantly, like recognizing within yourself, like what you need to truly sustain yourself in this lifestyle, because I mean, it's 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 hard. Van life is tough. You know, it's blood, sweat and tears sometimes, you know, where we're living in the outdoors, we're open to the elements. Um, we're going through so many physical and emotional and mental cha- you know, challenges. And when we first got on the road, you know, I was really in a in a very deep um, 
struggle with my mental health and my emotional health and then like stripping away all these identities and titles and you know just feeling like we're both like you know moving through some kind of a portal <laughs> in time that you know, yeah it's 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 really hard but you know we were able to do it for 7 years and it took a lot of ups and downs a lot of stepping on each other's toes and tempers flaring and arguments and you know wanting to lock each other out at times which you know, <laughs> okay may or may have not happened <laughs> may or may not have Jury locked him out a couple times still out on that one <laughs> <laughs> but you know we're here and we're thriving and we're, you know, really, um, you know, putting love, love first, you know, leading with love all the time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Back to when you had seen, you mentioned you saw people that would travel in a van and a hippie van and whatnot. Was that, what, what mediums were you seeing that on? Was it social media? Was it magazines? Was it movies? Like where were you getting that inspiration from? Yeah, I guess it was movies, like just growing up as a kid, you know, watching movies of like, oh, hippies, you know, in America and road tripping and, you know, and and also in like documentaries and stuff like that. So I guess that kind of stuck with me. I, I can't really pinpoint where the idea of traveling the country in a van actually came from. But I do remember, you know, just seeing this growing up and, you know, a different, um, you know, uh, me- media, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess that that was one of the things that kind of stuck with me because living in New Orleans back in 2016, that wasn't even a thing that I saw. Yeah, it's and it has since become its own culture and community online. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, I, because, I'm sure you have a lot to say on that. <laughs> yeah, when I started out in 2016, um, I don't know if hashtag van life was a thing yet. But, you know, we were looking for our van and there was nothing online, nothing for like camper van. And when we were searching and we searched camper van, the only thing that really popped up was the Volkswagen, you know, bus and and van, which is what I'm in. That's, you know, I have a Volkswagen Vanagon. And that was kind of my dream rig. When I saw it, I was just like, oh, my gosh, like that is the one for me. But there were no rent a van company or try before you buy van life experience or van bill companies when we started out. So we pretty much started from scratch. That is so wild. How, how did you gather all of the necessary information to be able to put the work into the van and the preparation and whatnot? How did you guys bootstrap that? (laughs) That was trial and error. (laughs) <laughs> a lot of trial and error. Um, my partner is really good at mechanics, so he automatically became our in-house mechanic. Um, and I pretty much downsized our entire life to fit in this van. And three months after we hit the road, we pretty much downsized again because we had so many unnecessary things. Too much clothes, too many dishes. Like, I don't know if I thought I was going to be hosting, you know, fancy dinners or something, but it was ridiculous what we had in here. Um, And we did not maximize the space very well at all. Um, It wasn't until we found community on the road six months in where we got to see, which was also like a huge surprise that there was an actual community, small growing van life community. Um, We got to see how other people were doing it. And that gave us a lot of insight on how we can kind of manage our space better, um, certain things that would be really good for for road travel, um, things like that. But for in general, it was pretty much trial and error for us. 
I can imagine that it would be very interesting to swap vans and check out and see what everybody else has in their in their uh, setup and very so enlightening. Fun. Yes, it's so much fun. I think I spent that entire gathering just like going around everyone's van and asking questions. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me a little bit about the van life community. How how is it currently, you know, set up and organized and I know that social media has a very large content creator presence, but I am also imagining there's probably a lot of van lifers that aren't content creators too. So how are, you know, how is that community made up and built? Yeah. Um, gosh, the van life has exploded since 2016. And since after the pandemic, um, it's the explosion of remote work, pretty much. It's like a movement within a movement on its own. Um, and yeah, we have a lot of content creators in, in the community. I'm a content creator as well. Uh, that's one of the things that I do. Um, but we also have a huge, um, I would say uh, tech community now since uh, the pandemic um, and since so many layoffs uh, for since you know for the pan- pandemic and 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 currently so many layoffs are happening a lot of people are moving into vans and just creating a lot of uh, entrepreneurial endeavors which is really wonderful to see I mean it's a community for networking um, which is why I have had the ability to like uh, become an entrepreneur on the road just networking with a lot of people but I would say you know we have like you know, the tech people, we have the content creators, we have the entrepreneurs, we have the artists. It's just, there's just so much you can do living in a van. Um, You just got to get really creative and just try a lot of different things, which is what I've done uh, since living on the road. I've tried everything I could to sustain our life on the road. I've been lucky that my partner was able to parlay his job early on in van life, which was shocking because we both kind of set out to quit our jobs and hit the road. And his boss offered him a remote position, which was really great for us um, financially to kind of sustain us until we figured out uh, long-term work opportunities to sustain ourselves. But yeah, I mean, some people are able to like parlay their full-time jobs from stationary life into van life, which is something that I do recommend to people if they can do it. Um, but yeah, the community is, is made up of the spectrum. Yeah. And I can imagine it has evolved drastically with the 2020 remote work. I think that mm-hmm. obviously COVID has a lot of negative uh, connotations, but forcing mm-hmm. the world into the technology of the future with being able to work remotely, I think has been one of the, the silver linings that have come out of that time. Oh, yeah, I agree. I mean, even down here in Baja right now, I have never seen so many vans in Baja. And my partner and I, we try to come to Baja every winter. And this was, I mean, the migration of the vans, I I, I like to call it. It was, yeah, it's been really wild to experience it. But also it's like Starlinks everywhere. (laughs) god it's like wow welcome to van life sponsored by starlink oh that's so funny oh my gosh i can imagine being in the environment for seven years too you're just like you notice the year over year difference and you see it firsthand it's it's great it's wild it's great and it's also like um really forcing so many of us to kind of think about the future of what this is going to look like you know, mm-hmm. because I mean, it's just like a mass, um, like exit from cities. Yeah. 
and from the the traditional lifestyle i think that there are a lot of people out there like you that just mm-hmm. didn't really relate to the path and the journey that they've been going down and the restrictive lifestyle of what's expected for you mm-hmm. and i think that that can definitely trigger a lot of people to to seek something else would you say that social media has had an influence on people's perception about getting out of the traditional nine to five work and live in one place lifestyle and migrate towards van life? Yeah, I think social media has a huge impact. I think social media is that medium where, you know, people were able to kind of see other people doing it and, you know, recognizing that, hey, this is something that I can do. It's It's been able to restore that power to people to kind of rethink this traditional way of living that is, you know, um, very much, you know, corporate and capitalist and also like unsustainable for the planet. You know, I mean, the impacts of cities around like housing and um, again, layoffs and COVID and just people wanting to align more with their values. I think social media kind of, you know, pushes those stories out. And it was also a really great way for me to kind of connect and build community with like-minded people on the road, on my journey. So yeah, I think social media is definitely that tool, I like to call it. When you're building community through social and you're finding like-minded people, are you looking at hashtags? Are you looking at locations? Are you looking at communities that are built by other pages? Combination of the above? Yeah, I think it's a combination for me. You know, I search, you know, the hashtags, you know, like um, if I want to find like uh, the queer nomadic community or the diversified van life community, black nomads, I'll search those hashtags and also like uh, through organizations that a lot of my friends have created on the road. Um, That's been a really good way for me to to find community. I feel like you guys probably have so many internet friends that have become real life friends and you've met in probably Uh, some of the coolest places. We have, uh, yes, our network of, you know, road family is extensive and I'm really proud to say that, um, that it's been uh, really beautiful, you know, just like leaving New Orleans and leaving that, that world behind and also losing a lot of friends and family members along the way. Um, you know, that created space for the extensive and, and beautiful road family that I have now. Yeah, I love that. Social media paints a very nomadic, ethereal, free-spirited picture of van life. How does that image portrayed reflect your personal experience with it? Yeah, that's so interesting because, I mean... I don't feel like it reflects my experience at all, you know? (laughs) I mean, there are those moments of awe on the road, many moments, the beautiful views, the inspiring moments, the connecting with like-minded people, you know, things like that. But it doesn't come without like the challenges, which I think that part of it is often left out and has often been left out of the narrative, especially for people who don't fit that mold. You know, that's pretty common in, in the van life media, you know, that it's all wildflowers and sunshines, you know, with the, the breakdowns, the panic attacks, the fights with your partners, the uncertainties. You know, as a black identifying queer woman on the road, 
there's always that sense of safety or lack thereof that kind of brings on more stresses that I have to think about on a day-to-day basis. It's like, where am I going to park? Like, who are these people that I'm camped next to? Like, what is this small town that I don't belong in, you know? And that was like a lot of the things that ran through my head early on, you know, because I didn't really see a lot of people who look like me represented in the van life media. At that time, there was still a stigma associated with van life, you know, like, hey, look at this hippie in a van down by the river. And then it's like, okay, there's this black woman in a van, in a hippie van down by the river. Like, who is she, you know? So I would get a lot of stares and just these weird looks from people, um, you know, like stopping for gas in a small town. Town, just kind of letting me know that this isn't the place that I want to stick around. Confederate flags and Trump signs and all the things that would let me know that I'm not welcome, you know? Yeah. yeah. And that brings up a really important topic, which is safety. And I feel like we talked about this when we first met, is that safety on the road and especially for underrepresented communities and people that are going to, you know, be not fully like uh, invisible in these areas that are a lot more racist, lack of progression. So how do you navigate safety on the road and how does the community of van life help support safety with one another, especially for underrepresented communities? Yeah. Well, kind of going back to earlier talking about social media, you know, that has been that tool that has been able to connect, you know, BIPOC, LGBTQIA individuals, solo women, travelers, you know, navigating numerous intersections like myself. So, you know, I give credit, you know, as much as I have a love-hate relationship with social media, I do give credit to it for being able to mobilize community around, you know, uh, our unique differences. And on the topic of safety, you know, in 2019, I started Diversify Van Life because of that kind of, I guess, linear perspective of van life, right? That didn't fit a lot of people, that romanticized version of it um, and the lack of representation. So when I started Diversify Van Life, it was in response to that lack of representation that creates all these barriers to entry for people to feel welcomed and safe into this community. And that's not to say that we weren't out here. We were out here. We've been out here doing this. But there wasn't an intent to amplify and to share these unique stories. So Diversify Van Life started out of frustration. And since then, you know, it has become that kind of a hub where community is mobilized and we're able to share resources, we're able to tell our stories around safety, around um, you know breaking down the unique barriers to entries that we have to face in this lifestyle, and also um, creating a safe space for us to just exist with each other because our stories resonate. So, you know, social media kind of kicked that off. And from there, we are able to kind of create community in real life through travel, you know, meeting up, having events together, sharing information, hosting events, networking, and just being a support system as a community. So I would say, you know, as far as safety is concerned, you know, we we kind of really mobilize as a community and we create the things that we need to feel safe. And since then, you know, we've had other social media platforms that kind of popped up besides Diversify Van Life, we have like also the Van Life Pride community, we have the Outdoorsy Black Woman community, and also like 
like the Black Nomads Meet community. So we have so many resources and we are just creating like all our little groups to connect and, and just travel together and be together and continue um, finding ways to stay safe as we travel on the road because we all belong. Yeah. Right. We all belong and we all deserve to have the opportunity to exist in whatever lifestyle we want to. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I think that your story about, you know, how you mentioned when you started Diversify Van Life, there was frustration. Was that a moment in time that was the breaking point for you? Or was that just a series of events that led to you being like, enough is enough. I'm going to do this. Yeah, I think there were a series of events that kind of led up to it. But there was that breaking point of like, enough is enough, you know. So in 2019, I did this uh, van life event circuit. There were all these uh, van life events happening across the West Coast. And I was kind of traveling around with community, attending these events. And there were just no one like me there. There were no BIPOC or I was one off if there was another, right? And all the conversations were just the same. Um, there was no like... Uh, representation in the stories, all the stories were the same, this romanticized version. And the experiences that a lot of people were sharing, the community town halls at these events just did not create space for unique narratives. And I, my, my narrative was often left out of the conversation. And, you know, I spoke up a few times asking people to just be more intentional about their events and inviting, you know, people of color and, and the queer community and letting them know that, hey, people are being left out of this narrative, you know, because I'd pull up and I'd be in a sea of white people. And it's like, okay, I don't feel like I belong. And there were, you know, microaggressions and, you know, all of these different things that I have to kind of uh, deal with. And um, only to realize that, okay, this is really building up and I'm suffering silently and I don't feel like I belong. I'm starting to feel unsafe in, in these spaces. And I decided to like share on social media, again, going back to social media being that, that little hub, um, social media and just sharing um, vocally what's happening in the van life community and calling out to the community to change it. I was met with a lot of pushback people telling me that I'm being divisive, that I'm angry, and, you know, that if I don't like the community, I should leave. So there was all of that. And, but I had, I had a, a small but mighty support system and a few friends who encouraged me to stick with it, you know, that it's important that I have, you know, a voice in the community and that I will be heard. And then a few days after just dealing with all of the pushback, I decided, you know what, I'm just going to start my own thing. You know, we don't need this. We don't need this violence. We don't need people telling us we don't belong. We just create our own. So I decided to start Diversify Van Life, the hashtag Diversify Van Life, and turn it into a social media platform. And just seeing how the BIPOC and queer community mobilized under that hashtag and under that platform was a testament that I wasn't the only one feeling that way. I wasn't the only one needing to feel a sense of belonging um, in a lifestyle that was still very young, but also in a lifestyle where, you know, we enter into it already dealing with so many challenges of our own because of our unique demographics. And that's where we all made our home. And since then, you know, community has been the center point. Like Diversify Van Life is community built and community run. 
it's our own little safe space and it it is a powerful movement that continues to shift the narrative and i'm really proud of our community I love that. Let's talk about that a little bit more. Once you did come out with Diversify Van Life and you really started leaning into it, when did you realize that this is something that really does have traction and there are other people out there that are feeling very similar to you and having that shared experience that you're like, okay, we need to, like, did that fuel your fire to say, I am tripling down in this, like we're going? Oh, hell yeah. I felt it immediately. I, felt, <laughs> I love that. It was, it was immediately like the same day. Like people were just like, it was blowing up with oh, follows awesome. and people just sharing it and community members, like BIPOC community members coming out of the woodworks, like people that I didn't even know existed in van life came out and was like, we've been living van life for uh, two years now. We just didn't want to be seen because just we didn't quietly feel like we in fit. the corner, quietly <laughs> living on the margins. Imagine that, you know, oh because God. there was no space. There was no space yeah. created. I mean, there is space for all of us. You know, we have to like look at things through an abundant lens. You know, it's like there's always space for everyone. And that's that's what Diversify Van Life stands for. That's our values. It's like we all belong. So it was really beautiful to see that immediate traction that kind of just went like wildfire and the community just continuing to share their stories. It's like we kicked open this door that was necessary and People just started telling their stories and tagging Diversify Van Life and some of the most powerful and impactful stories. And those are the stories that need to be told. Absolutely. So social media tends to be that center point of distribution where these stories can be shared. What are the different channels in which Diversify Van Life operates? So um, different channels. So we have a website Mm -hmm. and on that website is where we created like extensive resources, again, community built. So we have like our BIPOC guide to van life and the outdoors, which is jam packed with stories and articles, practical and memoirs of how to live van life, how to get into van life, how to break down those barriers to entry, who belongs. There's so many resources there for that. We also have like our podcast, which is another platform for telling our stories where we uh, have conversations with uh, nomads at the intersections, which is the name of the podcast, Nomads at the Intersections. We also just started our Discord, which is like a non-algorithmic space for us to kind of network and share stories and host events. So those are the three major spaces that we have for Diversify Van Life right now, including our Instagram. Yeah. And how have you guys grown since 2019 when you first started it? Would you say that you're continuing to grow at the same rate or do you feel like you kind of really like ramped up in 2020 when people were hitting the road? Like what has the growth been over the last four years? That's crazy. It's been four years since 2019. (laughs) It's it's wild to think about. Wow. Like it's like two years ago. Yeah. I would say we're growing at a consistent pace and we're finding more and more community members just jumping on, you know, I mean, especially, you know, during COVID and the uprising, um, you know, more and more people are taking to the road and more and more. I've never seen so many black and brown van lifers. I mean, in 2020, in 2021, um, we kind of, uh, ramped up our road travels again when, um, 
you know, some public land started reopening in certain areas. And I just could not believe how many black and brown van lifers were on the road. And, you know, and Diversify Van Life just continues to grow and continues to be that space where um, we are able to connect with a lot of individuals and, and kind of amplify their stories. So I think Diversify Van Life is continuing to grow in a beautiful way. And we have so many incredible things planned for this year. First of all, bringing our community together in real life in a space our first ever Diversify Van Life event. That's so, awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. And and we're hoping to have, you know, a lot more of that, you know, smaller pop-up events during the year when I go on my book tour, which we'll talk about later, a I'm sure. book tour? <laughs> a book tour. <laughs> oh, my goodness, everybody. Yeah. yeah so I'm hoping that... Um, that on this tour, like, you know, I'll be able to like have some really beautiful, smaller pop-up events where we get to bring community together. Tell us about the book. Right. Yeah. So another, you know, I guess blessing that came out of the pandemic was, uh, you know, being approached by a publisher to write a book and um, which was very shocking. I mean, I always had dreams that someday I'll write a book. I just never thought it would actually happen or even happened so soon on my journey. Um, so yeah, so it was kind of one of those far-fetched dreams again that kind of came to fruition. Um, and also like a testament to like when you really follow your intuition and follow your dreams in your heart unapologetically, you know, like you create space for the blessings to kind of flow in. So this book is, um, is a part memoir, part practical road travel guide written through the lens of all the intersections that I navigate as a Black identifying queer immigrant on the road. I'm really, really excited about this book. I'm excited about just putting it out into the world and it getting into the hands of the people who would really find value in it. It's great. I'm excited about it. So stay tuned, everyone. What a badass testament. (laughs) <laughs> to everything that you're doing is it do you ever look at your life and you're like pinch me yeah yeah it's it's very humbling to be honest with you and I try not to take it for granted um just kind of looking back on my life you know it's like I'm a little island girl from a tiny little village in the Caribbean you know and I would have never thought that this would be my life that I would be the person that I am today um yeah, it's 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 awe inspiring, but also like really humbling. Like every day, I'm like, all right, thank you for the blessings, thank you universe, thank the ancestors. They're really conspiring in my favor. So, you know, I I just want to you know pay it forward. You know, like however I can in whatever way, and also just like really enjoy it. Yeah. You know, our our life is really short, and and for a long time, I didn't really believe that I was deserving of this. But I am, you know, it took a lot of unlearning for me to recognize, hey, the life that you have, you're deserving. So enjoy it. Find joy in it, you know, and don't take yourself too seriously. (laughs) I love it. And I I think you do a fabulous job of really seeing outside of yourself, too, and not being afraid to create community and opportunities for people who may not have the energy, may not have the time, may not have the know-how of how to mobilize an entire group of people that are feeling very similarly to you. And to be able to create that space, I think is so powerful. So, you know, kudos to you for, for seeing an opportunity to really transform, not just your own life, but others around you and really creating that space for them. 
So you're a leader in that sense. And what is the future? Last question I'll ask you. What does the future hold for the van life community? What are your hopes and dreams? Mm, That's such a good question. Um, I have so many hopes and dreams for this community. I mean, it's not going away. It's shifting our way of living the, you know, this conventional way of living. It's like, it's bringing so much, um, power to people to kind of take control of their lives and control of their future, control of where we want our world to be. So I see more intentional community building that's shaping the future of the van life community. I mean, we're already kind of seeing that happening in like smaller kind of pods where people are coming together, like van lifers are coming together. They're pulling their resources, um, purchasing land and building co-living communities and villages. And I really, yeah, I really see that being um, a thing that's going to really take off in the next, you know, um, five, 10 years. And this is something that I'm personally interested in because I see this as, um, you know, an answer to helping mitigate a lot of the impacts of cities that I was talking about earlier, like the high cost of housing, um, where so many people are being displaced, um, predominantly like uh, BIPOC individuals in queer communities, right? Um, uh, Mass layoffs is another thing that I I spoke about earlier, and also like climate change, right? Um, Isolation and loneliness that has come you know, from um, so many of these impacts, but also like during the pandemic. So in this way, um, I feel like, you know, individuals with common values can really come together and create like these little central hubs where community can thrive, like growing your own food, like networking, creating arts, celebrating unique differences. um, And you know, exploring new ways to live and travel that is sustainable, equitable, and um, and fostering like a deep sense of place that reconnects us to one another and the natural world, you know, from a place of, of deep reverence. And I think that um, this is this is my hope. This is my hope for the van life community. This is my hope for for the world, for everyone, you know, because we we all deserve it. We all deserve it. Yeah. We've been under the thumb of white supremacy, capitalism and the patriarchy for too long. Um, We have to restore our power to ourselves and to each other. I love the journey. I love the vision. And I think that you're going to continue to go on and do some pretty badass things. And I look forward to seeing all that you accomplish. I need you to tell everybody where can they find you? How can they learn from you? Where can they stalk you? Give them, <laughs> give them the goods. All right. So I'll start with my personal Instagram, which is um, Irie to Aurora. And um, my website, iretoaurora.com, where you can sign up or subscribe to get information about when my book is coming out. So I really want people to stay tuned. Yes, subscribe. Yes. Also, Diversify Van Life. So um, uh, Diversify Van Life Instagram is diversify.vanlife. So there's a dot between those two. And also diversifyvanlife.com, where people can go and uh, find out so much more about the Diversify Van Life community and movement, find resources and learn so much about if you're interested, van curious and want to get into van life or just want to, you know, see what we're doing and support us. uh, That's the place to do it. Subscribe to our newsletter um, and you can learn more about my book there as well and follow the community listen to the stories and share 
I love it. Thank you so much, Naomi, oh, for coming on the podcast. You. you were such a joy. Um, one last question. Uh -huh. How many miles do you have on your van? Oh my gosh, we don't even know. The odometer, <laughs> the odometer never worked. It never worked. Oh my <laughs> god! Thirty-five-year-old rig. So you know, it's been around. She's been around the block. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Social Complex Podcast. Your support means the world to me. So if you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, be sure to leave a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. We'll be releasing a new episode every Tuesday, bringing you various stories, deep dives, and discussions around the complexities of social media in our modern world. To follow along for more, be sure to follow us at Your Social HQ on Instagram or check out Social HQ at www.yoursocialhq.com. I'm your host, Hillary Applegate, and I'll see you back here next week. Stay sane out there.